literally eight already? Okay. What's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Jammies by Eight. I am your host, Savannah, as you probably guessed. And this week, I chat with the beautiful and friendly Divya Gunasakran. Divya is a stand-up comic around Brooklyn, and she's a producer of shows and mics. She has an open mic on Mondays called Firestarters. She has another one on Thursdays called Growing Pains. And she hosts a murder mystery show called If We Did It with fellow previous guest Gabby Jordan-Brown. She's also famous for just being really hilarious, but I know her best for her very welcoming and supportive community created at her mics and shows. Uh, We have such a nice little conversation. It's very relaxing and reassuring. And if you needed a little pep in your step to keep going today, this is probably what you need. Um, Y'all, please open up your sweetie little hearts for Divya. Hi, Divya. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Savannah? I'm good. It's so good to see you. It's been ages. It has been a really long time. A really long time. I feel so bad because I've been (laughs) reaching out to you uh, to do your mic and I always end up having to cancel for work reasons. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Um, But uh, let's start off with how are you doing really? Oh, really? Honestly, I'm feeling very, we're supposed to be vulnerable and open, right? Absolutely. Actually, if you could lie for me and tell me you're doing excellent. No, I'm just kidding. Please, please be bold. the best time of my life. No, (laughs) um, I'm honestly feeling like pretty untethered um, right now. I think part of it is um, I was traveling end of December and then had like really bad jet lag for a week. And then um, got one of the very many viruses going around. Yeah. So I just feel like I've not been in a normal routine for the past two weeks. Um, so I feel like very ungrounded because I haven't been doing normal routines. I don't feel like I haven't really done any like goal setting. So I, I feel very like rudderless right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. Um and I know you just came from a work meeting, so I'm not assuming that you're going to be wearing your jammies or comfies, but can you tell me who are you wearing? I am wearing some. You are? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Do they have owls on them? They do have owls. Ah, I love it. <laughs> tell me where they're from. I don't know, actually. I've had them for... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've had them for a long time. It's actually, um, this would be more summer jammies. So okay. it's like a dress. So mm-hmm. I look kind of like um, I live in a commune right now, the way I'm dressed. <laughs> I, have, I have a dress jammy over a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> I love that. A nice a nice gown, evening wear for bed. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Are you a pajama wearer? Or do you like, like, sets or are you just like let me put some sweats on i'm more i'll be honest i'm more sweats type or i'll have one of the set so like mm-hmm. the pants yeah on pants fun pants and then yeah. like a free t-shirt like <laughs> 10 <laughs> yeah. years ago i i do a little bit of both i have like a lot of random t-shirts it'll be like rec kickball or something but yeah um, okay. So going into some comedy stuff for the listeners, can you elaborate on what type of comedian you are or the comedy that you do? 
Yeah, uh, I'm primarily a stand-up comedian. Um, so the stand-up I do, it's kind of a mix of, um, like, it's all through a very personal lens, like my experience um, navigating the world with some, like, social commentary weaved in. Because um, mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of our lived experiences are, like, the result of external factors um, mm-hmm. being put upon us and then dealing with that. Yeah. Um, so I think... I think we experience a lot of those same external factors, but maybe in different ways and our, our reactions are different. So it's kind of, um, it's about that. Um, and then outside of that, um, I do writing, I've done roast battles. Um, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a mix of comedic things. I produce shows myself. Yeah, you, you do a lot. For sure. Uh, can you tell me where it all started? Where, why, when you wanted to do comedy, etc.? Yeah, I think I've just always really been drawn to comedy at a young age. Like, um, I remember watching sketch shows as a kid, like SNL, of course, and Mad TV. Um, and then starting to watch the Comedy Central Half Hour Presents, those specials on TV. Um, really got me interested in stand-up. And then I was I was interested in it, but too scared to do it. For so for a long time, I wrote jokes in a notebook, in a little notebook, never performed them. And I did this for years, <laughs> just like writing jokes and dreaming of performing them eventually. Um and then I think just one one year, I kind of gave myself an ultimatum where I was like, okay, this is dumb to just keep writing jokes and daydreaming about it, but never actually doing it. So either I find an open mic and perform these on stage, or I stop writing. Um, so it pushed me to actually like try to do it and get on stage. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and that yeah. was how long ago? Um. That was actually quite a while ago. Um, so I first performed um, back when I was living actually on the West Coast, like is when I first performed. And then I moved to New York and then didn't perform for a few years because um, I was like, oh, I can just be happy and, and lead a normal life. <laughs> um, and so it's really like the past three years or so, three or four years where I like started doing it regularly, like Mm -hmm. every day, really. Mm -hmm. And one of those ways that you started would be that the mic that you run, right? Yeah. And also you're all around an open mic queen. Um, But I hear what you're saying in that, like it took you a long time to start or get up the courage to start. And that's so, so relatable. so I'm very curious to know about um, what it is you did or continue to do to keep up that determination, that motivation and that consistency in going at it. Because it's a hard grind, especially yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, I think the beginning, I mean, it's yeah, it's tough every day, honestly. But I think in the beginning was especially tough because you really have there's there's so many things and signals that you're getting that tell you to stop doing this. <laughs> um, and there's so few things that compel you to 
keep doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think the beginning is definitely the toughest. I mean, part of it too is like, it's such such a social thing. Like, I don't think people realize um, how important community is Mm, in the comedy scene. And so especially when you're starting out, you don't know anyone like no one has a reason to to talk to you or be nice to you or care who you are or what you're saying. Um, so I think that was definitely like a very lonely time for me. Um, but, and especially, and you know, you're just so bad too. You're so bad at comedy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so you just get up and bomb and then feel sad. <laughs> um, but I think, I think like that's the thing is where, I don't know. I usually describe it as a sick compulsion, but like where you go up, you bomb, you have a terrible experience. No one talks to you. And then you still have this like drive inside to make you want to say, no, like I can do better. I want to get up there again. Like, I think that's, that's what kept me going. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what was also helpful for me starting out was like, I would just keep track of on a monthly basis um, accomplishments. And, and so many of those accomplishments starting out were so small. Um, mm. It would be things like, like even something like I talked to another comedian, like I would write that down as an mm-hmm. accomplishment. Cause for me too, like the social aspect was really it's hard was really hard. Um, that's always been a difficult thing for me in my life. Um, so especially like in that sort of environment, um, was particularly hard. So I think also just like keeping track of those little, little accomplishments that you're doing. Um, and then being able to look back on the previous month and say, Oh, actually like, look at all these things that I was able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you keep doing that and you just see those accomplishments get bigger and bigger as you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually some really great advice. Do you ever feel like there were times in, in that starting out grind where you let, you let that like despair get to you a little bit and you had to stop for a minute or not had to stop, but like, uh, there have been times in my past where I'm like, oof, I just, I don't want to, you know what I mean? And you didn't see as much growth as you would have liked. Yeah, I think, Um, especially starting out, I think I took bombing a lot more personally and internalized it a lot. Um, I think now it's kind of just like, all right, like, yeah, it still sucks, but it doesn't mean I'm a terrible comedian or person. Like that's just part of Mm -hmm. the process and you learn from it one way or another, or you just realize like, okay, that like, those weren't my people, that Mm -hmm. audience wasn't into me. Um, and that's totally fine. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think when I, early on, I really like assigned so much weight and importance to every time I performed to the point where like, if it went badly, I just like felt that so intensely. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there were definitely times where like, I just felt so, so shaken, like, oh my God, like, I'm terrible at this. This will never work out. Like, why am I doing this? Um, and probably took longer breaks in there. But I think like an important learning too was just finding more supportive rooms, finding like the right people to surround yourself with, and I think just just finding exposure to a lot of different types of of rooms and people because I think when I was starting out too, like I I didn't I wasn't as familiar with the scene, so you know, I didn't 
I, my exposure to people was so limited. Like I was mm. performing with the same groups of people who weren't necessarily people that it was helpful to get feedback from. Um, and so once I like expanded the types of people I was interacting with and performing in front of it, um, that also just really helped in terms of getting feedback and improving quickly. And mm. also just like being able to, to make friends and connections. Yeah. And once you felt like you finally had the ball rolling, you were like booking some shows and stuff. What do you feel? Uh, like, I know, I know it had to have been a million small, tiny things to get you there. But what do you feel was like some stuff that you really did and buckled down on to get to a place where you were like, okay, I see things coming to fruition? Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, every, every step you take, there's always like <laughs> the hundred other steps ahead of you that you want to take. So, um, I feel like you're, that's just, and I think that's life too. Like you're just on this constant path of trying to improve and grow and do better. Um, so I feel like I'm still <laughs> in that state of, okay, now what's the next thing? Okay. Like, how do I, where do I go from here? Um, but I don't know. I think like a big part of it is just being present, which mm -hmm. I think, um, cause I'll often hear from newer comedians or people that like just moved to town that are like, okay, how do I now, how do I get booked on shows? Or like, they've been doing comedy week and they're like, okay, now how do I get on a show? Um, which, you know, I, I respect like that ambition, but I think part of it is like, to some extent you have to, put in the time so that like people know who you are um, mm -hmm. and have a reason or have a desire to like want to have you on their shows. So I would say like the majority of, of shows that I do is from people that I've met or from friends that I have or um, through recommendations from other people. And so I think part of that really is just putting yourself out there and doing open mics doing shows, going to support shows, like working and improving your craft and your performance um, so that other people then see, like know that you're a part of the scene and see that you're out there doing things and want to have you as part of their show or their project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know, like in the place that you are now where you're doing a million different things and you said you feel untethered. Uh, what are some of the mental hurdles that you have uh, that you have to go through to keep at it consistently? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I'm sure a lot of people deal with and has always been a struggle in my life is just like the negative self-talk and all of the self-doubt. Um, and so I think I've done like truly in just like brainwashing myself over the years to, <laughs> to try to like think more positively. Um, that's, that's been an improvement, but I think there's, there's a lot of doubt and like part of the doubt is, okay, like, am I good enough? Like, do I have the skills that I need to, to move forward? And then the other doubt too, which, um, I think it's even harder to deal with is like, okay, am I spending 
my time and energy on the right things. Like where, cause especially in comedy, like there's so many different avenues you can do and so many different things you can invest in is what I'm focusing on. Like the right thing. Am mm-hmm. I not doing enough? Am I doing too much? Is it the right things? Um, so I think that's definitely been a challenge. Um, and, and for some of these two, I think the nice thing about stand-up is you get that immediate validation or feedback. Like you go up, you try out a joke, it works or doesn't work, you know right away, um, and you can improve it literally the same day or the next day. You know, like it's it's more immediate in terms of getting that feedback and that uh, gratification. But for other things, it's such a longer path to know if if things are working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's definitely the challenge is, okay, where do, where should I be spending my time? Like, what is the best use of my skills and what are the other skills that I do need to build up? Um, so that's where I think like, I do want to take a step back to like, think about my goals and why I'm feeling like, ah, what do I do now? Um, and I, th- and I also think that's why like doing stand up is helpful if you're doing comedy, because even while I'm figuring out other things, that feels like something I can continue doing and making progress on. Um, so I think that's that's been helpful for me personally, is just like having stand up as kind of the core core thing or the constant in my life that I can keep moving forward with while also figuring out all of the the other paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned the the difficulty in, in realizing what you should be spending your time doing, because I feel like that's something that I know I have a lot of problems with just being like, oh, my gosh, well, I'm a writer and uh, there's a lot of different comedy that I want to do. But to do each of them, you have to be an expert at each of them. You know, the whole like put in 10,000 hours. Uh, where the heck am I focusing my time right now? That would be best for me. You know, that would be productive. Um, that's really hard to figure out. What do you feel like, even though I know you said like you need to still sit down and um, figure out your goals for this upcoming year? What uh, What do you think will be your method of figuring that out? I think really thinking long term, like in five years or however much time, like where ideally, where do I want to be? And then working backwards from that Mm. and figuring out, okay, year by year, like what, what would be good milestones that I need to hit? And then translating that into, okay, so for this year, then like, what do I need to be doing? So I think that's going to be probably my, my approach. And of course, like things change every year Mm -hmm. and so just being able to be flexible and adjust and um that's important too yeah um and shifting a little bit over to some mental health stuff um do you are you a stressy depressy angsty kind of gal or are you just like no i mean i'm typically fine with the with the occasional negative self-talk you know do you struggle um yeah i mean i definitely I feel like I've also been better the past few months, but typically an average month is me having some highs and then spiraling for no reason. (laughs) Um, 
And I think, I think part of that too is like, like I was saying, like, you know, the past two weeks, I've not really like been in a regular routine or anything like that. I think those are often triggers. Like sometimes you can feel so overworked um, and so burnt out when you're like really going hard and going out every night performing. But then I also realized that, so I do think taking breaks is important. Um, but then I also realized that sometimes when I have too much time and I'm just left to my thoughts, I just start getting, I do feel like stressed. Um, cause I think I just spend a lot of time ruminating on, um, all the things I should be doing that I'm not doing. And, um, so I think that's, that's typically my pattern is <laughs> like mm-hmm. get tired take a little break, spiral, (laughs) get back into it, um, which doesn't feel sustainable. So I think that's also part of what I'm working on is like how to come up with like a more sustainable schedule. And then also um, I'll often spiral if I like lose sight of the things that I actually like about comedy and Mm -hmm. like the reasons I got into it and the parts of it that bring me joy. Um, so also just trying to center myself more on, like, I really love writing. Um, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about doing comedy. So trying to center myself on that element of it, as opposed to like forecasting all the ways in which I'm failing or not doing it enough. Mm -hmm. Do you have, are you the type of person that needs to like remind yourself, uh, get inspired again like spark that little flame in your head to be like okay i know i love writing but like why do i love writing what am i going to go back on right now and read or watch or do to feel excited about it again you know yeah i mean i definitely have slumps and i think especially if you don't do it for a while then that's always the worst situation where you're like i know it would make me happy to do it but there's just all this like built up friction to actually do it. Um, Cause then, then again, it's like the whole, Oh, but like, what if I like, what if I don't have anything to write about? Or like, you know, when you start writing after taking a break for a while, it's usually bad too. <laughs> so I think, I don't know, just trying to give myself permission to, to do bad art, um, which I think like more people, I mean, a lot of people already do bad art, but like give yourself permission to like stumble through that process. Um, Because I think the times I get really excited are if like I have a new idea that I'm really excited about. Um, And a lot of times like those don't pan out at all. You know, you like go down that path and and then you test it out or work on it and you're like, oh, actually, this isn't good (laughs) or like this isn't actually what I had in mind. Um, but it's like that initial spark that's really exciting and invigorating. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think just, you know, trying to, to generate that. And I think like what's important too is actually living and experiencing life. Um, like I know so many people that like are so focused on whether it's comedy or work or whatever aspect of their life. Um, and I think like, especially for comedy or for art, like so much of it is dependent on having perspective. Um, and I just don't 
know how you do that if <laughs> if you don't interact with people outside of your field or if you don't actually live your life or experience things that are not your craft. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of it too, is just engaging with other types of art, whether that's reading or um, going to an art gallery or a museum or connecting with friends. Like, I think that's important too, to, to being a full person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you had any uh, major lessons in your path in comedy that you've had to learn um, or still need to get over or unlearn? Uh, like any annoying or untrue stories that you've told yourself, you know, like your your rational self talking to you. Do you feel like you've had to rewire some of that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of what I mentioned earlier around like I was putting way too much on on every performance, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's been helpful. Like one, just doing more shows. Um, so like being able to be like, okay, but so this show didn't go great. But the last one was great or the next one will be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think just seeing other comedians perform like, uh, you know, there are times where I've seen comedians who are much more impressive than I am literally see them do like three sets in a row um, and have completely different outcomes for each mm-hmm. set. And so just knowing that to not internalize that as failure to definitely like try to learn and grow from it. But also just realize, like, listen, like, people have different, like, humor is not objective. Like, people have different senses of humor. And sometimes an audience just isn't going to be into what you're doing. And I think, like, part of comedy is is not only finding your voice, but, like, finding your your people, finding your audience. Um, Yeah. So I think that's definitely been, been one thing. And then I think also just you know, it gets so easy to compare yourself to other people. And I think that's one of the most um, damaging things that you can do in comedy and in life is to constantly compare your success and yourself to other people. Um, So I think also just like really focusing on not comparing myself to other people, but comparing myself to where I was last month or last year. Um, and really just focusing on and like being grateful for progress that I'm making. Yeah. Can you tell me about any, like some of, or one of your biggest, most exciting moments that you've had so far where you felt like just super accomplished or you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Do you have like one of those that comes to mind? Yeah. Um, I think one of the, I can't believe this is happening is, um, this year I submitted for and got accepted into, um, the Warner brothers discovery comedic, um, voices program. And so that was like a five day workshop that was held, uh, in New York city intended for writers that are interested in working in late night or unscripted. Um, and I'd submitted for a few types of programs or fellowships like that before and had never been accepted. And I think in this one was a program I was really excited about. Um, But I remember when I was submitting, so part of the submission process is you submit writing samples. And so you have to write like, um, you know, choose a late night show and write a monologue 
long form monologue in that format, um, write a bunch of jokes for an unscripted show, write some, pitch some ideas. And I, when I was, you know, I was working on my, on my packet, on my submission for a few weeks and it like kind of came down to the wire. Like I literally submitted it like a minute before the deadline closed and like really almost didn't submit. Cause I was like, this is okay, but I know it's not great. And wouldn't it be better if I like, I don't want to make a bad impression now. Like I should just plan to submit for next year. I don't know, like all these things of like saying no to myself and kind of shutting myself down. So luckily, like I did submit and got accepted. And so I was just was really excited about that. Um, and just felt really lucky and grateful. And, and it was kind of just another example of like, don't, don't hold yourself back from opportunities. Like, um, I think there's a quote from Michelle Buto who kind of said like, don't say no to yourself before others do like, just go for it. Like, and I'm, I'm someone who's like very much a perfectionist, like never think my work's done or good enough. Um, so I think like just being more willing and less afraid to put myself out there and to like believe in my material and to not, not worry so much about perfection. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. How did you find that program? You were just like researching a bunch of them. Um, I think I found it. I'm actually not sure. I, I, I feel like someone shared it on social media or I saw something mm-hmm. online about it. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, okay, awesome. I do want to do a couple of like little stupid bits. So feel free to loosen up, be as goofy as possible. Because our first one is going to be event sesh. You have 45 seconds to vent to me about anything and everything that is annoying you right now. It could be so dumb. You could be like, uh, the way my AirPod is in my ear is itching me so bad. Why are they making them like this? Whatever. It could be a person you bumped into. And you're like, I hate that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, why did they look at me that way? Um, so I'm going to pull up my timer. Um, give you a couple seconds to pre-think just a little bit, but not too much thought here. Uh, all right. Are you ready? Get I, I guess it. so. Get annoyed. Get angry. Give me your 45 seconds of whatever you are annoyed about. Ready and go. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to fill 45 seconds about this, but it goes fast. I'm, I'm annoyed by how much sodium there is in soup. I've been so dependent on soup these past few weeks because I've had a sore throat and a cough and all I wanted is soup. And I'm literally afraid that I'm going to OD on sodium because every soup is like, Hey, this is a soup can. It's like, 400 calories, you know, pretty, pretty normal. Um, and it has a thousand percent of your daily sodium intake. Like, are these soups not designed for people to consume? Like, how do you listen? I should not be consuming my life's worth of salt in this one session. And as someone that's been exclusively drinking soup for the past two weeks, I need to not have this much salt in me i don't know what effect it'll have but you guys came up with these percentages so figure it out 
See, look at that. You went overtime and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You were really pissed off about the soup. And I feel you. Um, that's why I don't look at nutrition facts. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Now you're going to get 45 seconds to give me 10 of the stupidest, meaning most meaningless things. Uh, it's going to be a gratitude list. Okay. So 10 things you're super grateful for. You know what I'm saying? Your favorite snack, the coffee you had today. Uh, that your computer turned on, whatever. Uh, and ready, set, go. Okay, first of all, socks. Mm. I feel like they don't get enough like appreciation because they're mm -hmm. great, and especially in winter, yes. wear them all the time, literally all the time. Um, so socks is one. Um, Dunkin' Donuts. This might be controversial, but... You can get literally a gallon of coffee for like four dollars. It's mm -hmm. actually probably more. Um, That's true. Here, oh my but... god, your time's going so fast. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> three. Why am I explaining things? Um, <laughs> YouTube. Uh -huh. um, I watch too much. Actually, I shouldn't be grateful for that. It's ruining my life. Um, four hairbrushes. Okay. Five. Uh, all-purpose. Keep going bombs like lip balm and like things that like where it's like oh this is good for your lip skin and nails yes. and it's like no it is <laughs> um <laughs> nail polish specifically glow in the dark nail polish oh that's a good one uh hoodies love them live in them um <laughs> i think i'm on eight cough drops because i just coughed and that would have been that's been a savings um, this is a very like illness themed session. Yeah. I feel like, um, I think, am I on nine or 10? I think I'm on 10. Um, yeah, I think you're on 10. Um, this is going to be a heartfelt friendship. It's been Aww. so nice connecting with you. Oh, it's so nice connecting with you. Oh, I love that last one. Yeah, she won. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Last thing. Uh, I want you to give me from sunup to sundown your ideal fantasy mentally healthy day it could be not even possible it could be you wake up on a beach with purple sand and you know i don't know whatever it is you're like hey that's my favorite color uh and i want to be on a beach <laughs> i don't know or it could be i'm doing comedy all day and there are some bombs thrown in there to like humble me but i'm actually doing really well uh whatever you want from the moment you wake up till the time you go to bed. Go ahead. Okay. Wow. Um, I was going to give such a boring answer and then thankfully <laughs> you gave me the example of the purple sand beach. Um, I think it would be waking up in a tree bungalow Ooh. somewhere in a rainforest with like water nearby, like a lake or ocean mm -hmm. or something. Um, but actually waking up in the morning when there's sunlight <laughs> Um, as opposed to the afternoon, which I sometimes do. Yeah. Uh, waking up, doing some sort of like light exercise or stretching or something. Um, then reading with a cup of coffee, writing for a few hours, um, going for some sort of walk through nature, um, just something like relaxing and to clear my mind. Um, and then... I think it would be like performing in the evening. Um, maybe there's some bombs in there. 
maybe I do great. <laughs> Probably doing great would be a yeah. lot better for my mental health. Um, and then maybe like connecting with some friends afterwards. Um, maybe like over drink, maybe not, but just something like, like not partying, but like actually connecting. Yes. Um, and then coming home and doing, having like a nice warm hot shower, reading with a cup of tea, and then actually going to bed at a reasonable time and not falling asleep to TV. <laughs> to what? Not not falling asleep to TV. Which I oh, to TV. I thought you said to TP. I was like, is that a new show I should be watching? <laughs> 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 okay, awesome. That's actually a really nice day. I would love to be in nature anytime, anywhere, and then later on be like, actually, I'm booked and blessed, too. So, uh, yeah, it's not a, not a worry in my mind. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. It was so lovely chatting with you and seeing you again. Um, and also really great to hear all of your very relatable thoughts and feelings that you're going through right now and have before. So thank you for opening up. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for letting me share. Absolutely. And thank you for donning your Al jammies just for me. Thank you.